Rebound on the Florida Hawkins. Flings it to the other end to Shannon with a catch with two. Lays it up with one. It will not go down. And Maryland has won it. And the Terps win it by five. Boy, a heck of a game between two really good teams. But the Terps start the Big Ten season 1-0. They never let the Illini get the lead back. It was tied at 57, tied at 62. Young with the dagger at the end, 71-66. Ah, welcome back, Big Ten season. Didn't you miss it? What a way to bring back in the league. A 71-66 defeat at the hands of the Maryland Terrapins. Welcome in. Fasteners, etc. post-game show here on News Talk 1400, 93.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5. It was a good old-fashioned Big Ten rock fight here tonight. A lot of offense early, a lot of defense late. Saw the fight from the young Illini, but it wasn't enough. We want to hear from you, your thoughts on the game. But first, our rapid reaction brought to you by Kozad Asset Management for over 45 years, striving to serve financial needs and build lasting relationships with clients. I am Evan Kahn. With me tonight, as usual, is Mike LaTulip. And Mike, Maryland hit a shot. Illinois didn't. I know it's bigger than that, but in the final seconds, Maryland hit a shot and Illinois goes home with the loss yeah i think you 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 touched on it right the fight there's certainly a lot of fight there but at the same time there's early in the game you let akeem hart get loose knock down a few threes that kind of blows it open in the first half of that 17 to 2 run and then some stuff late that that i just kind of thought was self-inflicted you know and those are things that i guess you can live with because they can be corrected and they're not out of your control but at the same time, you still want to nail those things down, and especially in crunch time, be able to deliver. Um, we'll obviously get into the nuts and bolts of it, but for the most part, I, I think you should be encouraged in some way, but also it's disappointing because I think there were some areas here that I was in Illinois' control. Yeah, it, it was a, a big game of runs, and I thought it was a, a game of lapses, you know, lapses on the defensive end, on the offensive end, and when you get into – games five points or, or less it, it's those little things uh maryland better on the the second chance points turning over the illini more and with, with the crowd behind you that that always helps a, a little bit and maryland comes away with the win to open big 10 play your thoughts up next call us on the fan line 217-356-9397 or the castle heating and cooling text line 217-351-5357 late night fasteners etc post game show next the following program is an exclusive presentation of news talk 1400 and 939 fm wdws along with light rock 975 fm whms Champaign-Urbana, Champaign Multimedia Group Stations. Fighting Illini game day coverage continues on your flagship home for Fighting Illini Athletics. News Talk 1400 at 93.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5. Now it's your turn on the Fasteners Etc. post-game show. Fasteners Etc., your partner in inventory management. Call us with your thoughts, 217-356-9397. 
or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Now, your hosts for the Fasteners Etc. Postgame Show, Evan Kahn and Mike LaTulip. Out of Coleman Hawkins, guarded by Julian Reese, two lanky young men. Hawkins with a long-range three, and he buries it from 22 feet out at the top of the key. Illinois with a basketball. Clark bounce pass in the lane to Hawkins down the lane. Scoop shot up and in. Cross court right side Shannon. Inside looked like a zone for a moment. Here's Hawkins down the lane. Split it. And he lays it up and in. And Hawkins with seven early. Early on, thought Coleman Hawkins might just score all the points fresh off of his triple-double. He scores the first seven for the Illini or seven of the first nine. Finishes the game with 16, but the Illini lose their first Big Ten game of the 22-23 season, 71-66. Fasteners, etc. post-game show here with Evan Kahn and Michael Tulip. You heard the numbers there, 217-356-9397. If you want to give us a call, thoughts are coming in on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line as well here and uh, a good one here from an 815 texture is I don't know what it is about that building but we could be 30-0 and and Maryland could be a sub 350 in the Ken Palm and they would still beat us there also didn't realize the Maryland had a trash fan base Um, yes on both cases in that I think the last time Illinois won in College Park was 2011 and they haven't won there since Maryland's been a part of the Big Ten so (laughs) but as you know, um, unsavory as the fans may have been, it, it was uh, a crazy atmosphere, and it was the first time that a lot of these young guys had seen that. Considering Vegas wasn't particularly hostile, and they haven't played a, a true road game yet, so I, I thought that was in the first half. You you saw that that didn't overwhelm them, but you noticed that that the crowd does have a factor. They got sped up for sure. You, how many of those layups went off the backboard? Right? <laughs> even even a couple of Danes turnarounds just you know had no chance of hitting the rim, and guys were getting downhill. And I think it was maybe Coleman. You could hear just yelling, "Slow down!" Like, <laughs> Coleman yeah, was the yeah. only one that kind of looked like he was under control. And uh, yeah, it's a tough environment, man. Uh, I remember when we played there in 2015. They they won a share of the conference that year, and that place was rocking. And I think it's good for them to go into this type of environment. Even even New York City, even the game against Texas is going to be different because it's it's probably going to be a more pro Illini crowd. It's probably going to be a little bit more of a subdued. I shouldn't say subdued. It's yeah. I think the Illini will travel well um, <laughs> and make it a good environment. But those NBA arenas are are, are tricky sometimes because if they're not filled up. So I, I think it's good experience, man. I think Sky. Look, we'll get into the end to the end of the game stuff. Um, I didn't understand why Sky wasn't in the game at, at the end, um, and that's nothing against Jaden Epps. I just think that one, I think Sky earned it, and two, you're putting a guy in there with four fouls mm-hmm. who they're going to one target, and two, maybe he's not his normal defensive self because he doesn't want to pick up a fifth. And then I, I know people were talking about the two for one shot, and there's I don't know, there's a reason why he was wide open and I, I think you can find a better one in, in that moment but all in all look this is going to be another learning experience get these out of the way early because you're going to have plenty of times later in the season where you where you hope to turn a corner on that stuff 
Yeah, and I thought in with, with those errors or, or what it may be, I thought Underwood showed a lot of confidence in his young guys today, really in everybody, right? RJ makes back-to-back a defensive error and then an offensive error. He's chewing him into the break, but then they come out of the huddle and RJ's still in there. He puts Epps back in there in the first half with two fouls. He let Meyer play a little bit with, with two fouls as well. So he's putting that trust in them. He, he's showing that, that I'm going to lean on you guys because you're, you're what I got and Sometimes m- m- mistakes happen, and, and hopefully they'll learn from them. Let's go to the fan line here, 217-356-9397. Trevor's in Champaign. Hey, Trevor. Hey, guys. How are you? Doing well. Um, tough. Obviously, tough night for us all. But um, Maryland seems to have our number all the time, uh, especially Brad's. But on top of guys not playing last four minutes going with Epps. Um, I just wanted to ask, what do we think on the uh, the Maryland student section tossing stuff at Brad and chanting stuff at Coleman? Thanks, guys. Uh, very, very unclassy. Yeah, it's, it's not a classy move. Yeah, I could hear I could hear the, the F.U. Hawkins through the, uh, through the TV. I didn't even have to be there for that one. I don't, I, so, initially, I thought was it a pretzel? Did we confirm it was a pretzel that got thrown on the floor? It somebody looked like a, it looked like a cupcake. It looked like a chicken like, wing to me. But yeah. so I saw somebody said it was a pretzel. The way that it was sticking to the floor, I don't know what it was, but yeah, it is very unclassy kind of move. Um, and maybe that was had to do with a nine p.m. Eastern tip time. I mean, the, the nobody goes to class on Friday. They were probably you know, enjoying college for most of the day. And then you go and you get to enjoy a, a big time college basketball game. So they'll learn. They they took a season off last year. They'll learn how, how to be better fans. And, and it, I, I, I don't know if it's Maryland that, that's got the number, or maybe it is Maryland now that they've had three different coaches and, and <laughs> all three of them have gotten wins over Brad since he's been here. Well, but think about how successful Illinois has been in the conference on the road. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like historic stuff the past couple of years in terms of what they've done on the road. It just seems like, for whatever reason, maybe it's flying all the way out to the East Coast. Um, I mean, because you think about the Rutgers, too. Like, they lost mm-hmm. to Rutgers last year. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's maybe there's something to that. Um, the conference realignment. Coming back to bite them. <laughs> well, they're going to have to make a, another trip back out there. Here, they're they're going to fly home tonight, and then yep. they're going to fly back out on, on Monday afternoon. Benny Texan, looking forward to the Jimmy V Classic up at Madison Square Garden on Tuesday. Didn't realize that this is the first time Illinois is playing in it. Um, kind of surprising, no? Uh, I think we played in it my junior year against That's- Villanova. Was it was in Nova? Yeah, I don't know. It was know. Nova. Been, it was Nova. Play at Madison Square Garden a whole lot. Yeah, it was, at, it was at Madison Square Garden against Villanova in 2014-2015. Can, can never remember exactly what event's going on. Hey, thanks for the call, Trevor, by the way. 217-356-9397. 217-texter, another one uh, about the shot. Love Epps, but wasn't a fan of the last shot. Uh, give it to the dude, Dane. Um, not mad, just disappointed. Clark's shot was big. IOL from Madison. Yeah, that you know that that's the the both sides of it, right? Epps is the kind of offensive guy that Brad leans on, and that's who he's going to give it to. Clark hasn't really been shooting it well, and then he just pulls up and, and drains one to tie it. And you thought Illinois w- was going to take the lead there, so they've got they've got all kinds of guys that are capable. Yeah, I just I I didn't understand it in that moment because if you know if Epps was four for five from the field and 
had knocked down a couple shots and had it going early and you go back to him late, then I get it. Cause that's exactly what happened against Virginia. You went, I, it made more sense going to him late because he had it going. Mm-hmm. He didn't have a go in this game. I mean, he was completely out of rhythm, out of sync. And you, and it's, it's a tough spot to put the kid in, to be honest, to, to put him in there late. He immediately is the first second he's in there, he gets trapped in the coffin's corner. They got to burn another timeout. Um, he takes a two for one. They go, I mean, Willard was doing everything in his power to go at him defensively. Mm-hmm. He was orchestrating that entire offense, trying to go it up. So, yeah. And then, and it, like the one thing I also wanted to touch on was, you know, I texted somebody in, in real time when it happened, but I didn't understand Dane being on the floor late for that defensive possession. You got the timeout anyways. And I, I don't know why you don't go back to, to Meyer. I know he didn't have his best game, but you can at least switch one through five because the reality is, if Terrence, even if Terrence goes under that, which he shouldn't have on Young, it's a switch anyways. You can switch up. And if your argument is, well, we wanted more rebounding in there, well, cool. If there's an offensive rebound, you foul them, and then you're down three if they make both free throws. It's still a one-possession game. That was the only way that game could have ended was giving him three there. Yeah, I'll play that that clip for you later. But but Brad did say afterwards that, that he wishes that he wouldn't have had Dane in there for that exact reason, like you were saying, because he, he did end up going under the screen, and it led to that. So. Coaching errors as well as errors from the players. Everybody not on their A game as Illinois falls 71-66. Back to the phone lines we go. Larry's down in Savoy. Hey, Larry. Hey, how you guys doing? I'm doing well. All right. Tough loss, but uh, a learning, uh, especially for the young younger guys. Um, I would rather see games like this now than to see games like this in January. Uh, I think uh, the Texas game is going to be another challenge for them, and even if they lose that one, but still, it's still pretty much early uh, in the season. Um, one thing that I've observed here uh, ever since the season has started is uh, the games that we have been in, the two that we've lost, uh, very winnable games, and I question the play of Matthew Myers. And the reason I say that is because I think this team is missing him, and they're missing his scoring ability. Uh, I look at Shannon. He's a transfer. He seems to be blending. Uh, Dane seems to be, you know, doing well. And for whatever reason, Myers uh, still seems to be struggling uh, coming from uh, Baylor and the experience that he has uh, coming from a you know national championship team and pretty much knowing what it takes you know to win big games and I'm just kind of concerned because he's been starting here lately and um, hopefully and I'm hoping that he will you know figure things out because I just think if his game was up maybe we win the Virginia game if his game was up maybe we would have won tonight because it just seemed like to me we're just missing that one piece to help us get over the hump you know not so much relying on the other players but you know here's a guy with experience and i think he was bought in here for that reason so just kind of hope that you know whatever is going on with him he kind of get it figured out he seems to be a pretty good ball player but as far as production um we're going to have to start getting something you know more out of him than uh, 
what we're saying already. So uh, just that's just my comment. Yeah, thanks for the the call, Larry. Yeah, I think I think with Meyer, it's especially tonight. You saw it. He he's not doing himself any favors. In in order for him to get into a rhythm, in order for him to help his team, he needs to be on the floor. And you can't have what I think was three fouls that were trying to swim around in yep. the post and deflect the ball and steal the ball. Like you just you have to be more disciplined than I know. I know he wants to make an impact, especially on the defensive end. But you're you know you're no good to us if you're sitting on the bench, right? So he's his emergence I think is going to help this team tremendously he just needs to settle in and 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 like I said do himself some favors and not put him put himself behind the eight ball getting those fouls and um because he's a really capable guy you saw him get in the passing lane get that steal finished on the other end he can he can add a lot to this team it just needs to be out there because right now you go and look he he comes out of the game of course you have Dane but it gets thin man that's that's why the the you know bringing Luke Goody back is going to be mm-hmm. so helpful because I, I think Ty isn't there yet. Ty Rogers isn't there yet. You know, Jay Neps is, he struggled tonight. Sincere, you, you know, you have him in there and, and he's the energizer bunny, but for sustained minutes, I don't know. So that, that bench gets thin. So that's why it's even more important that you can count on a guy like Matthew Meyer to um, not only just produce, but, but be on the floor. So um, he'll continue to, to uh to learn and and look he's he's got a familiar foe coming up he's <laughs> he's had his fair share of shots against the longhorns that's true he he's got the scout here as they face the longhorns and chris beard and, and we get to see marcus carr again haven't seen him in a, a couple years since he was up with, with minnesota but yeah it, it just seems like meyer taking himself at, off the floor gambling on those defensive plays and then when he's in in the second half I, I thought some of their best defensive rotations and, and stops were coming when he was in there because they, they are able to do so much with him switching at the five so need, need guys on the floor to be competitive we'll get to our MX electrifying player of the game next but um doesn't look like Evan uh, I, I'm not talking in the third person I, I'm no Deion Sanders but uh was a call from Evan, but he was he was a little shy. So maybe he'll call back. Let's pick out our MX Electrifying Player of the Game. MX Electric wants to be your electrician when you're in need of electrical service for both residential and commercial needs. Call 217-356-359-7293. I was giving you the call number to schedule your project. 217-359-7293. And remember, relax, call Max. We like to give these to Illinois players, but in an Illinois loss and, and without really buddy anybody standing out I, I thought Shannon took over at, at points in time and he ended up with, with the leading scorer for the Illini with 19 I thought Hawkins he, he played 39 minutes tonight that might be his most so far this season um, he, he was really solid but since Maryland won and the dude hit the shot at, at the end of the game that really set it off I, I think we've got to give the player of the game to Young here tonight yeah it's Jameer Young I it's it's a tough pill to swallow when a guy goes four for nine from three and he was four for 20 from three for the entire season before that. So you have a 20% three point shooter. That's why when, when Terrence goes under the screen at the end of the game, I, you got to think that was actually probably the game plan. So he, he might've been following it there. Cause there's, there's no way that you're going over on a four for 20 shooter unless you're, you know, unless you're that worried about him getting into the paint. So, um, yeah, it's Jameer Young. I, I think he adds such an element to this this Maryland team. He's it's reminiscent of those 
the the run of point guards that they had with with Melo Trimble and Anthony Cowan, and now you got another guy you got to worry about late clock. So uh, big piece for them, and I thought he was tremendous tonight. Goes off for 24 points, four boards, added two assists as well, and this dagger put Maryland up for good late. Seven to shoot. Now to Young, 25 feet from the basket. Three, shoots a three and got it. Jameer Young. He missed one a moment ago. Now the Illini are down four, 70 to 66. Just one of those nights. News Talk 1400, 93.9 FM, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana, Light Rock 97.5, WHMS, Champaign-Urbana. More, more calls, more texts, fasteners, etc. Postgame show. The conversation about today's game continues on the Fasteners Etc. Postgame Show. Join in by calling the First State Bank Illini Fan Line, 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling Text Line, 217-351-5357. Missed it. Rebound. Grabbed by Maryland. Loose ball, though. Taken away by Shannon for the slam. Oh, Maryland had it. Shannon just took it away at the free throw line down here and bolted his way down court for the slam dunk. Yeah, that was Terrence Shannon. Terrence Shannon's only steal of the game. The Illini had five. He took that one down for the slam. 19 points, as we mentioned earlier, for the senior in Illinois' loss in the Big Ten opener to Maryland. Fasteners, etc. post-game show. Texter, I, I'm sorry <laughs> if you're trying to join our Zoom that, that I accidentally sent you that link to, but uh, the, thanks for listening anyway. Uh, back here with Mike and Evan. Shout out to Tater listening down in the big city of the land. Waiting for some calls so we go back to the text line. 217 texter says foul to 20% three point shooter twice that went 5 for 6 from the line and lose by 5. Uh, disappointing. Yeah, those were, were tough. Two tough plays. Epps fouling the, the three point shooter. And uh, they converted on the free throws. A 217 texter says that, that Maryland should be embarrassed for their fans. Um, yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm becoming soft, but I, do, I thought... Do those, do those fan bases really ever get embarrassed? No. No, I mean, <laughs> no they don't care. I'm sure, I'm sure SVP's tweeting, you know, Maryland's back tonight. I mean, he doesn't care. Um, more texts coming in here. Just got back in the car. Oh, Devin was in attendance tonight out there. So haven't heard from what people are saying. So many silly fouls and turnovers. The crowd was electric and hostile. Hostile. That's a good way of putting it. That was indeed a hostile crowd. And that's the first time the freshman got to experience that all first and growth. Yeah, uh, uh, Maybe you could speak on this, but I can't imagine too many high school crowds ever getting as crazy as what what Big Ten environments get. No, fifteen thousand is. I mean, think about when when teams come to the State Farm Center, right? And I I got plenty of buddies that play in the Big Ten that always talk about the State Farm Center and and how loud it gets, and then you you kind of reciprocate, and you're like, well, man, we went to you know, you go to Michigan State, you go to Maryland, you go to these these different arenas in the big 10, it's, um, it's different, man. And, and for sure, I mean, I know sky and Ty and Jaden and sincere, they all, they all played in high level games in high school, but 
you know, none of them are going to really hold a candle to, to going on the road in the Big Ten. Yeah, uh, a text here, uh, kind of in line with, with that, talking about the, the scoring droughts and the turnovers. And we didn't see, I know, different kind of defense, and uh, it, it was kind of an anomaly how the uh, assist-to-field goal ratio from last game, but didn't really have the offensive flow here tonight, only eight assists on, on 27 baskets. And in the first half after that, that opening stretch where nobody played defense until they finally called a foul about five minutes into it, uh, uh, they they really weren't getting into their sets. Uh, things were, were kind of awkward. The spacing wasn't wasn't very good, and they eventually figured it out. But the, the offense never really got going at any point tonight. Yeah, I you know didn't get going in the sense of it, it wasn't humming like it was against Syracuse. But look, Syracuse doesn't force many turnovers to begin with. Maryland does, so you need to be strong with the ball. You need to be able to attack the basket, and I think that's one of the encouraging things tonight was. This, it, it, this isn't just like a live and die by the three mm-hmm. Illinois team. Mm-hmm. I know they shot a lot last game, but look, this game, you you know, they still shoot 23s, but they got to the paint, right? I think they had, I don't know what their points in the paint ended up being, but it was significant. 44. Was, 44? 44. A lot of points in the paint. That's that's dominating the paint. That's getting downhill. And against a team like Maryland that's that's physical, that, that tries to keep you out of the paint, especially in a 2-3 matchup zone that they were running, um, even when they went back to to man, the fact that these guys are just living in the in the lane, I think it it bodes well. But the, but for sure, it's the fouls. Uh, I know I know some maybe weren't the best calls, but but some were for sure warranted. Um, just just kind of bonehead mistakes, and I didn't think there were too many bad turnovers. To be honest, twelve is twelve is actually a pretty decent number on the road in the Big Ten. You want to stay in that ten to twelve range if you can help it. So. Yeah, overall, I mean, you're encouraged by the paint touches and the paint looks, and Dane had a big, you know, was a big reason for that. I thought RJ was great. Coleman just was was so patient and um, such a such a pillar for them tonight in terms of his 39 minutes and blocking four shots and rebounding the basketball. Seven rebounds from from Coleman, seven rebounds from RJ, seven rebounds from Terrence. I was really impressed with with all their efforts on the glass, especially Terrence. Yeah, and uh, and Texter talking about the the change between the first half and the second half, and and I think we really saw that with RJ. He came out really re-energized in the second half. I I guess I can pull up the numbers, but I I think a lot of his stuff came there. No, I I guess he was bored. Wow, actually, that's a lie. All seven rebounds from RJ Melendez came in the second half. So, and and I noticed that in the first half, a lot of guys watching rebounds come rather than going after them, and then you see RJ almost hit his head on the rim grabbing a a, a rebound. And yeah, that's one of those effort things. You you just gotta you gotta want to to rebound, and that that's where a run came from in the first half from Maryland. I thought. Yeah, and athletes thrive in space. I thought RJ being able to get out in transition, he, he he stole a few in the press. He was able to be on the receiving end of a, of a pass from Coleman that led to a dunk, and I feel like that kind of jump started him. And uh, look, when you're when you're confident, you're just a little bit more athletic. That's a that's a real thing. Um, I'm not sure it's scientifically proven, but <laughs> it's it's my own theory where I, I think that you know when you when your when your game is popping a little bit, you're you got a different type of balance in you and. Um, you know, you're not second guessing um, going after the ball or, or second guessing things defensively. So I think he was able to tie it all together tonight. And, and look, that's kind of what we envisioned coming into the season, right? It was kind of the Hawkins, Melendez, Shannon being your top three with Meyer maybe being in there. He's He's got a ways to go. But RJ for sure, man, he was so big, 
it, you know, not only in that second half, but then that first half, think about those, those threes that he hit mm-hmm. right towards the end of the half that kind of kept them at bay. And, um, you know, at least kept them within striking distance. Cause you know, one of them I think was, um, to make a 10 point game, a seven point game. One was to make a nine point game, a six point game. Like those are massive, massive threes that, that get you closer to that, that two possession mark where you start making Maryland feel a little bit of pressure. And I really think we started to see where Illinois' length is going to bother a lot of teams. Maryland's actually kind of a long team down low, but when and it comes back to why it was so frustrating why, why Dane was on the floor. I mean, Hawkins with four blocks, he, he's blocking little guys, he's blocking big guys. I think Dane's really good down there in the post. Uh, you know, Reese had one field goal and it was on a putback where I think he was boxed out and he just happened to shove Dana around him. So uh, I I think the defense was there, just the lapses once again. It's just those small things in the press. Play a a quote from Brad in the first half. The press wasn't really there and and that never really kind of settled in tonight. Uh, Well, there was that stretch there in the second half where they got a couple turns. Yeah, but in the first half, it's it's part of the reason why that game blew open. It was two things. It was for one, it was needing to get match up. Like when you when you run that press, odds are you're gonna have two guys that are trapping in the backcourt. When that ball gets advanced, you're gonna have two guys behind the play. So you're you know it's a you're at a disadvantage, and you have to locate guys, especially the shooters, especially Akeem Hart. Like that's the one guy. Where if Julian Reese wants to dribble the ball from the three-point line all the way down Broadway and lay it in, that's fine. We'll take that over Akeem Hart shooting a wide-open three because that's kind of what gets that building going. That's what got him going. And then and then the overhelping. I thought the overhelping in the half court was was part of what, um, you know, was their Achilles heel there in the first half. RJ did it a couple times. The ball's driving two guys, and they're running in at the ball to, to help. Really, I mean, Scott drove across the lane you know, left-handed dribble down the lane and, and sky had him leveled off. Like we'll take a Dante Scott 14 foot fadeaway over you helping in at the ball and kicking it out to Hakeem Hart, who's shooting just a, a, a practice step in, you know, one, two, step three. Um, Cause you know, you could see he started feeling it. That was his fourth three. And, and at that point you're, you know, you're kind of at the mercy of, of, you know, a 17 and, or I guess 17, two run from Maryland. <laughs> Um, one more text here, and then we'll we'll take a break. Uh, I've never seen so many birds in nationally televised as that game. Hostile seems accurate. Yeah, uh, uh, although there there is a pretty famous gif of the Orange Crush giving some birds. We're not going to talk about what baseball jersey he was wearing, but uh, you you can guess which one he was wearing. So it happens. We we all get a little rowdy from time to time. Okay, but it's still inexcusable. No throwing chicken or pretzels on the floor. All right. We've got more to get to, more text. We've got to pick out our Tapman's towing play of the game and tell you our keys to the game as well here on the Fasteners Etc. Postgame Show. And there's nothing more frustrating as a coach to play great D, force a hard shot, and then um, and then they'll clean it up with a defensive rebound. But, uh, uh, you know, we held them 36% the second half and, and uh, you know, 25 from the three. Uh, the three ball the first half, really hurt us along with transition and uh we seem to clear that up the second half yeah the first half we got to get our press figured out and and uh, you know I, I we were all over the place i looked up to start of the game and rj's you know down the floor and he's supposed to be up top and and uh you know that stuff hurts us and uh our, our rotations were were not good but uh um you know that's the press is sets us up for so much and 
gets us easy baskets. And, uh, you know, we've got to get figured out. We've got to become better at it. And, and um, you know, it's, uh, you know, like I said, in a hostile environment, we put us in a, it put us in a little bit of a hole and, and yet it got us back into it a little bit and a couple steals and some easy baskets. And uh, we got to, we just got to become consistent with it. There are those post-game comments from Brad Underwood I was referring to on the defense. Yeah, if you're, you're going to be a, a pressing team, and, and when it's done right, Illinois capitalized on it and gotten some points off of turnovers. But Maryland did a really good job of getting the ball out of the basket as well today and, and not allowing Illinois to set up in that press and questions and whatnot. Okay, back here on the Fasteners Etc. post-game show, Mike, Evan, Joey will be in shortly. He's helping out screening calls. He'll give us a scoreboard update as Illinois and Maryland are the lone Big Ten game kicking off the Big Ten season, unless there's been one earlier this week that I don't know about. So that is fitting that these two teams kick it off in such a way. We go back to the fan line, 217-356-9397. Jay's with us down in Arcola. Hey, Jay. Hi, Hey, uh, I have a, a question on, on the last time, the last possession that uh, Maryland had. I, I realized it didn't work out, but I was looking at uh, the personnel that Maryland had on the floor, and I was curious as why they never considered fouling Julian Reese, a fifty what three percent free throw shooter. I mean, when the when the Maryland players came back on the court and he was still on, I figured he'd get subbed out because he's such a lousy free throw shooter. I don't, you know, I'm I'm kind of surprised that we didn't consider that fouling him and uh, taking our chances with his ability to make free throws. Well, I I, I think they they got the the stop right, and then they got the offensive no, rebound. They got, three point, they got the three pointer no, on that one. Yeah, it was the young. It was the young three pointer. Right. Uh, Reece, they came back yeah, Reece, for like 17 seconds or something like that. Yeah, Reese. Yeah, uh, Reese is out. Yeah, Reese is on the floor and. Yeah, I mean, I think it's tough, right? You're up one in that situation. If you, I think hindsight, if Young misses that three and you get the rebound, then it's, it's kind of a moot point. But I, I still think the the play in that situation is, hey, how can we put ourselves in a position to switch one through five there? Um, I, Dane did so much good tonight, but late – you get the timeout, right? You get the timeout, and now they're coming down for that possession – you can enter, you can sub Dane out, and you can just go switch one right. through five because it. I'm assuming reset some other screens in that possession, but but just picture it this way, right? If Coleman Hawkins is the five, and you have Coleman Hawkins guarding Reese, then that ball screen up top is switched right into Coleman Hawkins, who who arguably did the best job on Young all night, which is which is what just shows the value of Coleman Hawkins. But yeah, I mean, I think following a 53% free throw shooter in that moment. I'm not. I'm not sure you do it just because you can get the stop anyways. But, um, but yeah, I mean, hindsight, it's the potential for a two point game or a three point game as opposed to a four point game. Right. I, but I was saying that before the play ever happened. I mean, I, I don't know. If, I don't know if they just don't do that in college. If that's just uh, because maybe the players are, you know, obviously not as good as the pro players. But to me, that was a smart play because I think at best. At best, he makes one out of two if he makes his average. And then you have the ball with, what, 12 seconds left, 10 seconds, whatever it was. And or we got even up to 13 or 14 seconds to run a play. Uh, I mean, again, hindsight is 100%. But 
before the play even started, I thought that was a smart play. I thought that's a championship-type mentality play rather than just allowing things to play out and then obviously hit the three that eliminate any chance to win. But, all right, thank you. Yeah, thanks for the call, Jay, 217-356-9397. Simeon, he made the trip. I, I hope that they didn't berate you too bad there in College Park tonight at Maryland. What are your thoughts on this one from the front row? Well, I had to get loud with a few Maryland players. I mean, uh, fans <laughs> they were, uh, coming at me. Um, we can learn something. Uh, I almost said Assembly Hall at State Farm Center because um, I've sat in the 200 level there, and it's like a funeral up there. But in Maryland, <laughs> it's not. Those folks are loud and uh, real ruckus and and all. Uh, as far as the game, uh, it foul trouble really hurt us. And uh, I was surprised when Maryland came out kind of pressing us. I was surprised with that. Um, but the uh, that foul trouble and then, um, <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, the, to me the refs missed some, some major calls, uh, like the one when Shannon was going to the to the bucket to, to dunk the ball. I don't know how in the world the, the ref was standing right there and missed that, that call. Um, um and then uh, we in the first half, and we did it better in the second half, Young was killing us. But in the second half, it seemed like we did a little bit better job uh, kind of containing him. Uh, but I, I wish uh, Matt wouldn't have been in foul trouble. I think it could have made a difference. And, and, and with Jaden as well, I think it could have made a difference. But at the end of the day, when we tied at 62-62, I still thought we were going to win. Um, but um, – I don't know when Jaden shot that three. Um, I don't remember how much time was left on the clock because it was so loud in there. Uh, I wish if we could have set it up and ran a little offense, um, we would have got a better shot. I mean, uh, you know, maybe a, a, a closer shot of if he did take it in a dribble in before he shot the three. That could have made all of the difference. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to give you guys my perspective. Yeah, thank, thanks as always for calling, Simeon. Just a, a quick look here. Epshot came with 46 seconds to go. So yeah. right in that, that two-for-one for area, you still probably got a, another five to, to eight seconds to, to get a different kind of shot there, uh, I think. And the, the fouls have kind of been the story. It's not been an Achilles heel, but just guys getting into their flow and it's been an issue for, for somebody like Meyer, who you're counting on for the, this defense and the way that things work. Yeah, got gotta got to have guys on the floor. Yeah, when you already have a thin yeah. bench, too, it's it, it makes it even tougher. And the F shot, I mean, yeah, I, I think different people have different opinions on it. I personally, look, I always think that if, there's, if you're, you're standing there and you're wide open, there's probably a reason. Um, yeah, he just he he wasn't in rhythm all game, and look, he makes that shot. He's the hero, and we're we're probably talking about how it's amazing that he stepped up and knocked it down. But he hesitated for a second before he even shot it. So you know, I and you could see the coaching staff as well was kind of like holding their breath, and then just kind of threw their hands up. But then you get I don't know, you go down and get another stop, and then that becomes a moot point. So I I, I don't know, it's. It was tough. It certainly in the moment felt like it was a little rushed. Yeah, I agree. Well, thank you guys. I really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we'll have better news on uh, on Tuesday. 
Yeah, another big one on Tuesday. Thanks for calling in, Simeon. Safe travels home. Hopefully the, the Maryland right. folk will let you get out of there alive. <laughs> yeah, I think I will. All right. We'll talk to you Tuesday. All right. All right. Take care. Thank Bye. you, Simeon. 217-356-9397 is the fan line. We've got some more text to get to. But I, I'm just kind of curious. We, we were talking about it as we were getting ready for the show here. Um, what, what's going on in the other sporting world out there, Joey Wright, particularly in a championship game that's going on out west? That is a good question, Evan. That's the one score I don't have in front of me. Uh, Off memory, <laughs> uh, going on memory, we'll, I, I, we'll, you, we'll get it. We'll come back to it. Okay, okay. I know Utah won. I put you on the spot. I put you. You on did. The spot. You did put me on the spot. I'll let you choose your own adventure, though. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, be nice here. So, men's basketball tonight. We've got one Big Ten game. We know the score of that. No, no need for a scoreboard update there. Four top twenty-five games. There's only 25 Division One games if you want to go. Do well, you think we have see, some? See Friday, I don't know how much time we have. Yeah, Friday nights are, are kind of goofy. You don't usually get many major D1 games on a night like tonight. So if there, there are some scores or some I, – I used to like to read, like, the interesting school names, right? Yeah. You, you never know who you're going to get. So <laughs> just throw some out there. Maybe yeah, some yeah, well, that's, I, I, that's a good idea. Uh, interesting school name. You, we do have one of those in the top 25. San Diego State, a big winner at home against uh, Occidental. That can't be Division One. I, well, it's it's <laughs> they're not a Division One opponent. I don't, I don't believe, but uh, that's uh, a ninety-five to fifty-seven winner. San Diego yeah. State takes care of business. Uh, notable game: Baylor takes down Gonzaga, uh, six versus fourteen. Uh, that's in Spokane, sixty-four to sixty-three. Auburn, number fifteen in the country, ninety-three to sixty-six winner against Colgate. Colgate's been a pretty good program yep. last couple of years. Uh, going on down the line, there's really not a lot of standout games um, in the landscape tonight. Uh, a couple ACC games. Clemson takes down Wake Forest 77-57. to mm-hmm. Pitt beats NC State 68-60. to And, yeah, just as you said, Friday night's kind of quiet. Uh, let's get a check on that uh, championship game, though, you mentioned in the Pac-12. And that was a Utah win, and it is the oh. score I thought it was. It held 47-24, to 24, Utah. Madness. It's going to get interesting on, uh, what is it, Sunday that the college football mm-hmm. playoffs unveiled? I don't know. I think it's pretty well set, I think. But I don't know. Yeah, tomorrow. The, system, the system's broken. It is broken. broken. I, I agree well, with well, that. I, I, explain <laughs> this to me. Maybe this is my disdain for Ohio State fans. But explain this to me. Why is it that after 12 weeks, we rank USC ahead of Ohio State and then Ohio State benefits from not playing in a conference title game. That's... I, I don't understand. I that for the life of me, I don't understand that. It's USC who's going to a conference championship that now has to risk like I it's, please. I, I I just I don't get it. The system's broken. I and and Ohio State's probably going to get in again. Well, they... after getting after, after getting the doors blown off them. By, by Michigan at home. Yeah, the, the expansion will definitely help that out in, in a couple years. And that that is a, a, a weird one. I, I can't explain it to you how, how playing an extra game <laughs> kind of it, – it will essentially hurt USC if they don't get in in the end. But, I mean, both of their losses are to the same team 
in Utah, and I don't think Utah is considered for the playoff. Whereas, and see now, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk myself into putting Ohio State in there, so I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to go there. But they're uh, gonna get in. Like who's they are? Who else is? Who else is gets TCU? It's Georgia. It's Michigan. It's Ohio State, right? Yeah. Did I hear chatter though about Alabama jumping Ohio State? That wasn't out of the equation, and I don't I wouldn't understand that at all. I mean. Alabama lost two overtime games. Yep, on the road to LSU and Tennessee. Yeah, right? and LSU like, beating Georgia would definitely help Alabama. Yeah. So if you even if you want to take USC out of the equation, I still think there's an argument to have Alabama over Ohio State. Okay, so so Mike Mike is pro Alabama. I'm pro Michigan and TCU lose so that the playoff committee really has to think. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and we'll we'll all sit back and enjoy it tomorrow. But uh, pretty light night as we're getting ready for championship week tomorrow. Or yeah. It is championship week right now, I guess. Yeah, I know we've got some some Bulls fans in the area. They're playing right now. They're uh, in a close one against Golden State, 115 to 109, minute nine left in the fourth. Nope. So uh, that's in progress. But, yeah, other than that, not a lot of uh, not a lot of standout action. Pretty quiet, uh, pretty quiet sports world on a Friday night. Just some NBA scores. You know, not a lot big, of uh, big NBA night Friday night, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. they've got the the nationally televised games. Yep, looks like the Rockets edge the Suns, one hundred and twenty two to one hundred twenty one. That was the closest game. Lakers are uh, pretty hot lately. They beat the Bucks tonight. Saw so. Anthony Davis is be playing like Anthony Davis once again. Being healthy probably helps with that as well. But, probably. Uh, hey, fun fact before we move on from the Lakers, I saw tonight that Russell Westbrook. Win two games in a row without a turnover for the first time in his career. Oh my! Not. Resurgent. Yeah. Figuring things Take out care. there, out in L.A. Yeah. Don't call him Westbrook. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, Joey. Absolutely. Let's pick out our Tapman's towing play of the game. Car won't start after the game. Call 217-328-2424 for the most trusted roadside service in downstate Illinois. Tapman's towing or visit them online at tapmanstowing.com. Since we already played our obligatory opponent highlight after a loss, I I think I want to pick out a a good play from Illinois for this Tapman's towing play of the game. And we usually like dunks and something that I thought was going to turn the corner for the Illini, and it really did, was that Terrence Shannon Jr. dunk there uh, midway through the second half. Maryland was kind of running away, and and he got the ball uh, at the top of the key, and he just took it all the way to the rim, slammed it at the other end. He runs into Julian Reese. He makes him bleed his own blood, and and Illinois goes on a run. But I I thought that dunk by by Terrence Shannon Jr. was pretty legit. I agree. No argument for me. We could also throw in there that that stretch from R.J. Melendez. You talked about it earlier where he hit the three, and then he got the – he got the steal and the score. That that was pretty good too. But I mean, Terrence Shannon Jr. is just a highlight reel. I, yeah, I think another one too. Before you before you roll that, mm-hmm. like kind of under the radar play in that game was the Coleman Hawkins bomb in the first half. I mean, I think it was yeah. a twelve point game at the time, and and that that was what I think ended the seventeen to two run mm-hmm. was that twenty eight footer from Hawkins. So I thought that was a but that was a big play as well because who knows? You let that get from 12 to 16, that becomes a little bit more insurmountable to come back. Yeah, that Coleman Hawkins three was the first Illinois field goal. I'm doing quick math here in like seven minutes and 10 seconds 
in between there, they had two free throws from from Terrence Shannon Jr. and it was a bomb. That that was a, a legit twenty six, twenty eight feet out. Well, I was watch. I was watch for that in games. Is you know when teams have sizable leads, whether it's ten to twelve, those those threes that are hit that will probably go completely unnoticed the rest of the game, but if you miss them and then they go score on the other end, that lead balloons to fourteen to fifteen to sixteen. I like think about Terrence's three against UCLA. It's mm-hmm. it's forty one twenty nine. Hawkes hits a Hawkes hits a three in the corner forty four twenty nine, and Terrence just comes down and hits his hits his three to make it forty four thirty two. And you're kind of like, all right, yeah, here we go. And then you look <laughs> back on it, you're like, man, he misses that. And then they go down and hit three. That gets to eighteen, and now maybe you don't win that game against UCLA. So, you know, big big plays throughout the entire game. Yeah, I, I think you talked me into it because that that sparked once again doing quick math here that sparked a nine zero run for the Illini that cut the lead to three and really gave you hope headed into that under four timeout. So we'll get to all the rest of those highlights, but we'll give the Coleman Hawkins bomb our Tatman's towing play of the game. Deflected off his knee to Hawkins, who fires a three from twenty four feet, and he buries it in desperation. 24 feet, 26 feet. I don't know. It'll be 40 feet seemed three deeper. years from now. It seemed deeper than that. <laughs> it was. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. Brian. I'm sure he's. He's. Sure, he's a math guy. <laughs> seemed deeper. Yeah, I, I've never taken a tape measure out there, but it was a long three. It helped Illinois get back into it, but they fall short, 71-66. We've got our keys to the game coming up. Getting towards the end here on the Fasteners Etc. Post Game Show. It's the Fasteners Etc. Post Game Show. You can weigh in on today's game by calling the First State Bank Illini Fan Line, 217-356-9397. Or texting the Castle Heating and Cooling Text Line, 217-351-5357. Looking for Shannon, coming around a pick. Now to Danger, who's in. Hands off to Terrence. That's to the rim, and he hammers it home. Slam dunk, Terrence Shannon. Boy, he about took the rim off with that one. That's a guy who, when he he really wants to, I don't know if you can stop him from getting to the rim. Terrence Shannon Jr., a couple of slams once again here tonight. Didn't hit a three, his usual Solid self from the line, 5 of 6. 19 points in an Illinois loss. Back here, Fasteners, etc. Postgame show with Mike and Evan. You can give us a call, 217-356-9397. 217-Texter appreciates my dodgeball reference. I might have saw it on Twitter, but anytime somebody bleeds, you know, nobody, nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Speaking of dodgeball, did you think that the Maryland shirts that they were all wearing in the crowd looked like the average, average Joe's. <laughs> I, I, I didn't, it looked exactly like it. So I, when you said dodgeball reference, I actually thought that's what, that's what you were about to say. Yeah. Those, those aren't McDonald's colors. Those are average Joe's gymnasium yeah. kind of colors out there in Maryland. So, I mean, it, it all comes full circle. Um, here we go again. Gary's back. Thanks Gary for your lauding of Mike Latulip. Uh, although we do Appreciate having you, Mike. You, you you do a fine job for us here. Deflecting some stuff. Uh, let's go back. Uh, another text here wondering what the meaning of 
them throwing on the floor. It just means that they're not good fans. I don't think there was a much deeper meaning behind that. Um, production off the bench, wondering 6-3-0 Texter here tonight. Uh, been the last couple of games, and I think that goes back to those are, are the guy. I mean, Coleman Hawkins is playing 39 minutes. Terrence Shannon Jr. is playing 37 minutes. I mean, the, the starters are, are taking up the majority of the minutes. Um, I thought Danger, when when they eventually got him going there in, in the second half, he was he was good. Um, yeah, he settled in. I mean, you got basically four freshmen coming off the bench. So that's and these these freshmen in in, in the Big Ten every year, right? It's a roller coaster. So you're going to get these peaks and valleys of production. Yeah, only 10 points off the bench, most of them from Dane Danger. Like the the different look that they get on offense with him on the floor, still figuring out how to work him in on the defensive end. One more text, we'll pick out our keys to the game. Larry says that uh, this is a game that Illinois could win later on down the season. Uh, the referees did not do the Illini any favors. Liked how they came back. How many offensive rebounds did they have? Coleman, RJ, and Shannon really carried the load. Yes, they they did indeed. Um, Thirty-three to thirty-one, Illinois out rebounded Maryland on the offensive glass. Illinois out rebounded Maryland thirteen mm-hmm. to ten. More second chance points, seventeen to seven, as well. Really early on, it, it was was where Maryland got a lot of their rebounds. Illinois was snatching them up in the second half, and yeah, those three guys were big, and having Meyer on the floor for more time would be good. Danger getting five boards off the bench is nice. It's it's just that, that consistency bringing it for, for 40 minutes. Yeah, yeah. I think when you go on the road and you win the rebounding battle, I I know they're, I know you lost the game, but that's that's something that, that you should be proud of, and that's something that, that travels right like you want the rebounding you want the defense and you want the taking care of the ball to to travel with you the shots are the shots are going to come and go but if you can be on you know on point with those three things you can put yourself in position like they did tonight they put themselves in position to win this game and there's just late game stuff yeah uh People worry about the free throws, although Illinois didn't get to the line maybe as much as they wanted here tonight. Seven of eight from there, so that looks good. Let's pick out our keys to the game. A, brought to you by Game Day Spirit with the best selection of University of Illinois apparel and brought to you by Hickory Point Bank with roots right here in our Champaign-Urbana community. Hickory Point Bank invested. What were your keys here tonight, Mike? Yeah, I got a couple. I think the first one, we touched on the late-game execution. That's just going to continue to get fine-tuned. I think, you know, Brad's going to figure out exactly who he trusts out there. And a lot of that's going to be figured out through trial and error. It's not just going to be, hey, let's guess and see who. Like, you got to see who goes out there and performs and steps up in the big moments. And um, another key I thought was, you know, he touched on it after the game, but the press. You know, when it's good, it's good. When it's bad, it's bad because you got to be able to locate shooters and transition and get matched up. So, uh, the, these guys being a little bit more dialed in for you know forty full forty minutes uh, on the defensive end when you're when you're getting in that press because you're 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 going to put yourself at a disadvantage uh, oftentimes but the the reward is that you know sometimes you can generate some easier looks by getting some hands in the passing lanes and, and getting some steals and then my last one is one that I haven't touched on yet and I just wanted to, to talk about because you get twenty one minutes from Dane Danger and 
I just think that this team is so used to switching one through five that he has Dane. It's on Dane. It's not his fault. He has to figure out and, and be vocal when he's in the game and make sure everyone knows that they are not switching with him. Mm-hmm. Cause there was a time in the second half where they get so used to just passing guys off. Like a guy will cut through and they'll just throw their hand up and point someone, go get them. That happened in the first half too. Like somebody ran through the lane and they pointed out and Dane's like, I'm not, sw- I can't, I'm not the one to switch here. Like you have to stay with it. So just staying dialed in, making sure you understand personnel and who's on the floor because late in the game, Epps pointed to get to get Dane to switch, and you could see Dane in the lane screaming at Epps up top, like it's me, right? <laughs> like we're I, you can't switch here. So um, they're going to continue to to work on that, and you know those are those are the kind of the glaring weaknesses right now. And part of that's encouraging because I think you you go on the road against a, a good Maryland team and you almost pull it out, and and you also have all these things to work on, which I think is is a plus. Yeah, I I do think this is once again a a good Maryland team that that we saw here tonight. I think they're a legit top twenty five, and my key kind of leans on that in that they're a veteran, experienced kind of team, and they never really let the moment get too much for them. Right? They never relinquished the lead after they took it there in the first half. As as close as it got, when they needed a stop, they got a stop, and the Illini weren't able to do that. When they needed a bucket, they got a bucket, and Illinois couldn't do that. I, I don't know if they were necessarily in the best position on both offense and defense in the end there to do those sorts of things, but throughout the game as well, I, I think you saw the youth and the inexperience experience of this Illinois team and Maryland was able to to weather the storm for the most part and pull out the win here to open the Big Ten season. Those are our keys to the game brought to you by Game Day Spirit and Hickory Point Bank. Coming up towards the end here on the Fasteners Etc. postgame show, if you've got any final thoughts. They got a big yep. offensive rebound late and uh, you know Jaden Epps got a great great look in transition. Um, I'll let him shoot that ball every single time. We've all seen that. It was a it was a tough night for him because he played in foul trouble. But I'll let Jay Nepp shoot that ball every single night. And uh, you know I'm I'm proud of this group. Uh, you know just uh, to be 14, 15 down. Uh, just an incredible environment. It's a, it's a shame they don't they don't draw like this more often here. But um, a great environment, great college basketball game, and and. Uh, they make they got an offensive rebound and um you know it was a big play of the game and um you know they hit they hit the three late and that's on me that is all on me i had dane in the game uh we don't switch ball screens with him um and uh you know terrence got hung up and uh kid got a good look so um you know we five-way switch and uh um you know that's a that's a mental note that uh, i've got to i got to have in the future Everyone working through it here in the early season as we kick off Big Ten play with the eighth game of the year. Illinois falls to 0-1 to open Big Ten play. Last year, they got the win against Rutgers in the first Big Ten game at home, if I remember right, and Kofi went off. Yeah, they won by about a billion at home. And then they went on the road to Iowa and. As my buddy I was texting with during the game pointed out, this felt like it could be that game at Iowa because I think they got down by like 20 
over there in Iowa City, and they ended up coming back and winning that one. But was not the case here tonight. Um, more texts on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, possibly. Um, 217 Texer doesn't have Twitter. That's good. It's good for your health to stay off of Twitter. You, you, can, you can find the news elsewhere. Um, I've been beholden to Twitter for far, far too long. I honestly think that I've kind of caught up with most of these. Yeah, scoring droughts. We talked about that. Who haven't we talked about? Sky Clark. We, we, we haven't really touched on him. Um, I think he's still still kind of working things out. He had three turns in the first half, none in the second half. And I guess you did a, a little bit, just kind of wondering why he wasn't on the floor. Uh, I, I don't remember exactly who it was, but I think the starting five are, are, as it stands right now, the five that you want out there on the floor most of the time in crunch times. Those are the five. When Luke Goody gets back, you'll, you'll figure that out. But as far as what they can do on the defensive end and, and, and offensively, the starting five are probably the best five as we sit here on December 2nd. Yeah, it all depends. I, I mean, I think Dane played late. Um, I know we've talked about it a bunch so far on the show, but um, I didn't mind him being in there late. It's just that late when you when you got to get the one stop and you likely want to switch one through five. Because they did like That's, a little defense-offense thing towards the end of the first Meyer, half. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they did it at the end of the game too, where they had they had Meyer in there and then they pulled him out. I actually you probably need to have Meyer in there at the end. But yeah, I think Sky, look, I sometimes I I look at a guy and I think about the the feeling that he gives me when the ball is in his hands. And for some reason I I it never feels shaky when it's in Sky's hands. I know he turned it over a few times tonight, but uh he's so poised breaking those presses and handling pressure and um, not having Maryland and, and these other teams push him so far out where Illinois is starting their offense so far out. Um, I think that's a, that's a, a big thing for him. And that's a big asset because, you know, you want guys like that that can handle it and, and, you know, um, be able to push you in uh, and get into the paint. And I thought he did that early. He had the and one early and that was something we were looking at. You're coming off an O for 10 game and it's 6259 and you rise up and that even that one was kind of questionable <laughs> it was so early in the shot clock but he rises up he hits it that's you know he, he seemed like he was just starting to kind of get it going and then then they made this thing but not a whole lot of anything six points three boards two assists and those three turnovers as well i think he had a steal maybe i'm, I'm imagining that yeah i am imagining that rj melendez had three steals he really turned it up late in the second half. And you said ball handling. Maybe I've been sleeping on it, but but Coleman Hawkins might be the second best ball handler on the team. <laughs> Maybe just because Shannon gets a, a little fast and out of control sometimes, and Hawkins is able to control that. And, and Brad's talked about how he initiates the offense, obviously, up there as that 4-5 that guy. But uh I, I think his his confidence continues to to grow, and I don't think we're going to see those peaks and valleys that we've seen the first couple of years of Coleman Hawkins. Yeah, and he looks stronger. Uh, that's that's the the stark contrast I think from last year to this year. He he, he physically looks stronger. He can handle pressure more. Uh, and, and the other thing he's doing is just being a little bit more economical with uh, the decisions he makes in terms of when to attack and when not to attack. We think back to that Marquette game last year where every single time he drove the ball into a gap, he was a turnover. I think he had five turnovers in that game last year against Marquette. He's just been 
you know, he's been able to pick his spots more um, instead of trying to to gather through the gap. He's doing some spin dribbles and keeping the ball in front of him. I think when he when he cut it to sixty, when it, he had the he had the little floater to make it sixty six, sixty seven, and it was just like he just worked his way in there. It was just dribble, 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 and then hey man, I'm five feet away from the basket, turn, flip, floater. So. <laughs> He's, his game is so polished, and um, the fact that you can move him around in different spots, both offensively and defensively, uh, he, he has a potential, obviously, to, to play himself into kind of a, an all-league guy this year. I think there's no question about that. Yeah, only one turnover tonight, and it was a, a hot shot to Ty Rogers that he wasn't quite ready for, but I think yep. if he was ready for it, it would have been a, a nice pass for a dunk. But uh, those things happen. You, you like what we were seeing over out of Coleman Hawkins, um, and and all in all, not terrible feelings here as Illinois falls seventy one to sixty six. We're gonna throw a last call out there here on the Fasteners etc. Post game show. Looks like a couple texts are coming in late. If you want to give us a call, you can. It's almost midnight here on DWS and WHMS. It's this group, man. This group's got character. I mean, this group's tough. Uh, you know, it's the first time. You know, we're the second youngest Power 5 team in the country. And nobody wants to talk about that. Everybody, Everybody's out there talking about you know, all the youth at other places, you know. And that's fifth-year senior point guard that, that made big plays tonight for them. And uh, that's not an excuse. These guys, I'll go to war with these dudes any, any single night. And uh, and yet it's, a, it's an opportunity to come into a hostile environment, great crowd, great atmosphere, everything going against you. And we could have folded. And, and we haven't done that. Um, you know, and, and uh, we had to get a rebound. We had to make a play, and uh, we couldn't uh, couldn't do that. But uh, you know, it's a uh, credit to Kevin. I'm I'm happy for him. Kevin's a good dude. He's a good coach, and that was a hell of a college basketball game. Shenanigans aside, rooting interests aside, that was a a, a pretty quality, high level basketball game. Way more entertaining than Tuesday's night. Tuesday night's game by far. But Illinois loses 71-66. Last call here on the Fasteners Etc. Postgame show. Thank you all for staying up late or if you're listening on the podcast, we appreciate that as well. The last text, two of them, two different numbers, the exact same question. How is Luke Goody doing? And I can't remember exactly who it was, but somebody earlier this week reported that he's saying he's looking towards the beginning of the calendar year but you you never uh, you never know exactly, and they they haven't put a, a timeline on it. But you're you're hoping here in the next four to six weeks. Yeah, you usually don't put out. You know, if they're going to put out a timeline, it's usually the back end of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, him being back by the first of the years would is I think better than what we all expected. I, I yeah, it'd be I, I what two? It'd be like two months. February. Yeah, I would have thought late February or January. So. Look, him coming back just it does nothing but strength strengthen this team, both offensively and defensively, and it strengthens that bench. And uh, you know, Brad Underwood talked about him being a starter, right? When mm-hmm. when when, uh, when they played against Kansas in, in that scrimmage, I think Sky was coming off the bench. So it'd be interesting to see if he comes back. And do they bring Sky to the bench, or they? You know, I'm sure they they integrate Luke off the bench, but. Um, Certainly strengthens your bench, that's for sure. Yeah, it, I, I've noticed the the sixth man or, or the first two guys off the bench the last two games, I think, have been 
Harris and Rogers as they mm-hmm. they do that that kind of switch in there. So, uh, you know, both both quality guys that we've seen Epps be the first guy off the bench. We, we've we've seen them all kind of be that dude. But yeah, bring bringing back Goody, just a, an, another solid piece, and we'll we'll make this team even better. Um, not too shabby. Sitting here six and two, almost a month into the season, and we're not letting up yet because. Texas is just around the corner on Tuesday night, and they're coming off of a top 10 win at home just last night uh, uh, against Creighton, and they've beaten Gonzaga, and they've beaten, I don't know, other teams. They're, they're playing pretty well right now. Yeah, they finally get to use, to get to leave the Austin city limits. Um, oh, they they haven't played any neutral site games? Every game. Oh, every wow. Game at home. Yeah, so... You know, they, whether that's Houston Christian or UT Rio Grande Valley, Gonzaga was really their their one test before Creighton came into town. Mm. But again, that's another another home game at the Moody Center. Um, so yeah, I mean it's 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 a neutral floor. It's uh, going to be new for them. You got Illinois that's played these neutral floors and just went on the road, and um, you know they'll be tested playing outside of their home arena. And, and Texas can't say the same. So. Um, that's a really good team. They're probably one of the better defensive teams in the, in the country in Texas and they struggle to shoot the ball. So you, you need to find ways to limit them to one shot and clear the glass. Cause that's another thing they do well is, is offensive rebound. And, and they roll different lineups out there that, that are going to match the size that the Illinois has. And some, I mean, they, they roll out lineups of guys that, you know, six ten, six eight, six eight, six six. I mean, it's, it's, it's similar, but a little bit bigger. So, and then you got just probably the best backcourt duo in the country in, in Marcus Carr and, and Tyrese Hunter. Tyrese Hunter is one of the, the top transfer portal guys, um, you know, a slew of uh, of teams that, that wanted them, high-level mm-hmm. teams, and Texas ended up getting them, and, you know, it's paying dividends for them. He's a hell of a player. Yeah, Chris Beard has taken advantage of that transfer portal since he's moved down there to Austin, and they've got a date with the Illini coming up on Tuesday night. Not quite as late, luckily. That'll be a 6 p.m. tip-off out there at Madison Square Garden. So we look forward to that. Pre-game coverage will start at 4. You will hear Mike there on pre-game and then back here on post-game. Thanks for hanging out tonight, Mike. Appreciate it, man. All right, we'll do it again on Tuesday. Thank you, Joey Wright, as well, for your help behind the scenes. You can hear a podcast of this shortly at our website or wherever you get podcasts. Sorry we couldn't get you a better result, but it wasn't all that bad of a basketball game. 71-66, Maryland over Illinois. We'll do it again next week. Good night. The preceding program was an exclusive presentation of News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS and Light Rock 97.5 FM WHMS Champaign-Urbana, Champaign Multimedia Group Stations.